0: Hey, listeners, after five babies, I've changed a lot of diapers, and I have opinions about them. A lot of people think Pampers Cruisers 360 are best to use when your baby is older. But in my experience, they're the best diapers to use as soon as your baby starts standing or walking. That's because these diapers don't have ordinary diaper tabs. They have a unique 360-degree stretchy waistband that makes it so easy to change your wiggly baby who just can't stop moving, just slide on to apply, rip the sides to remove, and roll everything up with the disposal tape on the back. Pampers Cruisers 360 offer a gap-free fit that is up to 100% leak-proof, and just got even better with a new blowout barrier. And since these diapers stretch with your baby, your active baby can move all over the place, getting into everything as usual. Pampers Cruisers 360 are available in sizes 3 to 7 and now feature fun new prints. For trusted protection, trust Pampers, the number one pediatrician-recommended brand. Ready to celebrate International Women's Day? Welcome to Best of Both Worlds. This is Laura. This is episode 300. Oh my goodness. We have been at this for 300 episodes. This is airing in early May of 2023. So in this, we're gonna be talking just a little bit about some past episodes and how we do this podcast We'll also be looking forwards. You know, we talk about what we've done in the last six years. What are we going to do in the next six years? We're we're going to incorporate some items from our lists of 100 dreams. Both Sarah and I have made these lists. This was an exercise that was suggested to me many years ago by a career coach named Caroline Siniza Levine. And it's just sort of anything you want to do in life. It's like a bucket list. But people stop on their bucket list after, like, 20 items. And the upside of 100 is you have to keep going for a really long time and you come up with some smaller and more doable goals, which we are all about doable goals here. But, Sarah, I don't know. Had we set a goal of doing 300 episodes when we started this?
1: We definitely did not. I think we went in with the attitude of, like, whatever this turns into, it will be. This is for fun. And um, I think it's so cool that we're up to 300. I mean, that's, like, legit, like, Old, almost like OG podcast land. Like, <laughs> yes, <laughs> I feel really proud that we've reached this number. It's it's a really big deal.
0: Yeah, it is. And here's the other fun part: we have never missed a Tuesday. So, since starting in August of 2017, there has been a best of both worlds episode every single Tuesday on time. We have never rerun an episode, and this has been the case even though we both had babies during this time. We both moved during this time. Sarah has been evacuated for a hurricane during this time. We have uh, encountered COVID, um, sometimes multiple times <laughs> in the course of these these six years. So, you know, I, I think, I mean, certainly it helps that obviously we can do this virtually. I mean, most of this is virtually. So as long as I can sit in my closet for an hour, we can we can do an episode. But I mean, what do you think, like how, I was trying to describe like what made it possible to do that, to stick with it for.
1: Well, yeah. we're very good planners. We are good planners. I mean, we're, we're really good. Like that, and the, <laughs> I, I don't, I don't mean, I mean, that sounded terrible, but like, it's one of our strengths, both of us, we're both upholders. I think we both have a pretty decent and probably above average ability to look ahead and be like. This is an obstacle that might happen so we need to have xyz and we are not perfectionists neither of us so yes if there was a hurricane and it meant we had to do an episode with poor audio quality that was 20 minutes long with me just being interviewed using like a voice memo on my phone like then that was going to be the episode and honestly there could be some beauty in like the ups and downs and the more curated polished episodes you know alternating with the gritty real life (laughs) this is what we're doing now type stuff so, yeah, if I was going to identify factors, I would say good planning and time management skills and an ability to get things done without worrying about them being perfect.
0: Yes. Yeah. Although I mean, perhaps some of our guests are listening to this be like, well, I could have gone for a wee bit more perfection in some of those episodes. <laughs> okay. <right>. Anyway, sorry.
1: <laughs> but I, I, I don't know. I much prefer in any podcast that I listen to a short off the cup episode as opposed to a rerun. And I totally understand why people air reruns. And guess what? I've aired reruns on Bustly Plan. So sometimes it just kind of has to happen. I think I did it like the first summer because I had just been like, it's summer. I don't feel like thinking about planning stuff and probably nobody cares. So I'm going to re air some stuff. Although I think I only did that the first season. So nothing against re airs, but I'm also like proud of us for just getting at it and bringing them something fresh, even if it's small.
0: Yeah. I think it also, though, obviously helps to have a co-host, like doing this with another person and just throwing this out there as podcasting advice for for people. Having a co-host allows you to make an episode out of just having a conversation, which is helpful if you are not going to be able to script things very closely because of of time constraints or something like that. It also means that we can fill in for each other. So, you know, if, if like, person A has had a baby recently, person B could do a few episodes, and then we'd always have some in the hopper as well. So you could go for a couple weeks without the person who just had a baby having to get on the phone and record. So we fill in for each other. We now alternate interviewing guests, which has definitely helped our, our productivity on that we batch record. Like, If we set a recording session, we'll often do two, sometimes three episodes at a time. We'll definitely do the intros and Q&As for guest episodes in, in these batching sessions so that we can go for a couple weeks of that. And yeah, doing things ahead of time, always having some episodes ready to go because sometimes guests flake too.
1: <laughs> oh yeah. Guests definitely flake. I don't think I've ever had a best of both worlds guest actually not show up. I have had one best laid plans guest that it was her. I like. I asked her, and she was super enthusiastic, and then just ghosted. <laughs> ghosted. <laughs> have never that's heard from funny. her since. I even bought yep. her planner, but uh.
0: okay. <laughs> <laughs> Ooh, <laughs> yeah. No, it happens. You know, and sometimes not. It's not that they always flake. Like some of you people get sick too, and you, know, you have to reschedule, or something huge comes up, and you know, we're they're doing us a favor by being on the podcast. So you know, we're need to move on that. But you know, we'll. Like when we were in Florida a couple of weeks ago, we recorded several and we didn't say when exactly they run. But so we were able to place them over the spring, over the next couple months, you know, based on when guests had said yes and things like that.
1: The only thing you have to be careful about, which we've learned... Perhaps the hard way is, like, you can't go too far out or else maybe you'll have some fantastic travel episode that's going to air in, like, April 2020. And then (laughs) nobody wants to hear that. So, Well, I think what we really –
0: we had this elaborate episode on, like, getting kids out the door in the morning, I think is what we had. And then that was going to air on, like, March 20th, which is, of course, when nobody was getting their kids out the door in the morning in 2020. And so, yeah, we had to – Reel that one back in and uh, do some COVID-related content for a few. I wonder if weeks. that one
1: like still exists somewhere. I, I may, should dig like, it I up. May. I
0: don't know. Dig it up and I would be like, I'm getting my person who is this year's old out the door. <laughs> Sarah will talk about like my you know, two-year-old, <laughs> two-year-old. <laughs> I'm like, wait, what happened? Anyway, and we've also had fun, yeah, recording in person a couple times. That's uh, most of this is virtual. We've seen each other on Squadcast or the other programs we've used. So it's kind of like Zoom. Now people know what that is. They didn't know before March 2020. But we've also gotten together in person, which has been fun as well.
1: Yeah. And I think I think we're up to like trying to do like two live recording sessions a year, which is pretty cool because we can do them in fun locations. You often come here when the weather is bad up there. This year, maybe I'll even go north. So Ooh, yeah. Be good. Be good.
0: So we asked our Patreon community to share with us if there had been any episodes over the past six years that they felt had been particularly impactful for them. And we got some interesting responses because, you know, they were good episodes, but I'm not sure I would have nailed those as the ones that that would have the most impact. But one with Jillian Goddard, Dr. Jillian Goddard, on having an au pair. We had several people talk about that one, right?
1: Yes. And the cool thing about that was that the person that brought it up on Patreon, I don't think she realized that Jillian is also on Patreon and a pretty frequent commenter as well. So I was like, hey, she's right here. Like she inspired you. And this person had truly been inspired by Jillian and is now using au pairs. And she said she wouldn't have even thought of that possibility if not for the episode. So that was pretty awesome.
0: Yeah. We had another very early on. I think it was one of our first handful of episodes. We had one called why we each have more than two kids or something like that. I, I, we, this was when we hadn't figured out how to name podcasts yet. <laughs> and I think there may be some babies out there who are a result
1: <laughs> of that episode. I would not doubt it. I also feel like anybody who's like interested in listening to that episode probably already in their heart wants more than two kids. But if we were what helped them feel empowered to move forward with their dreams, that makes me super, super happy.
0: Yay. We like babies here. Um, we like big families here. Obviously, totally cool to have smaller families, but if you want a bigger one, we are here to cheer you on. Maybe we will revisit that topic in the future. And we also had a couple of people mention this, talking about ages and stages that simply hearing about what is good or expected or what you're thinking of for different ages of your kids. Is helpful as they then move into those stages.
1: Someone mentioned that we talked about like doing Disney at age three, and I'm like, I don't remember that conversation, but that is our family policy. You get to go to Disney at age three, or actually, really, you should do it at two and 364 out of 365 days because it's free until you're three.
0: <laughs> That's true. <laughs> so, wait, going at age three is the worst,
1: right? <laughs> right, like three days prior. <laughs> three days
0: prior, you should go to Disney, or else just wait till you're four or five and can handle being in the sun and waiting in line a little bit better. I've had a surprising number of people mention to me my family rule of that you make your own lunch after age eight. And originally this had been because I had three kids over age eight that I didn't want to deal with their lunches. And so I was like, yeah, you know, we'll say eight. But then Alex turned eight. And I will say that the rule has held. He has, in fact, begun making his lunch. He does it. With, you know, it's probably not what I would make, but that's fine. <laughs> we uh, start to make our own choices and make our own way in the world. But I I suspect there are a number of eight-year-olds out there who are now having to make their own lunches <laughs> just because it was the family rule. And that sounded good to somebody who was really tired of making their eight-year-old's lunch. So I'm sorry, eight-year-olds, but this is a learning and growing experience for you. And you can hopefully have more control over what you're eating and choose what you like if if this is
1: within your wheelhouse now. I love it. And we also have to share the quote that one of our listeners Uh wanted to put on a sampler, or maybe you wanted to put it on a sampler. Well,
0: so (laughs) one of our listeners told us that, you know, quotes that we've said in the past, and I had forgotten saying this, but I agree, it's a good one, that we're talking about various parenting things you're supposed to do according to the parenting books. And I joked at, oh, I guess that kid
1: hasn't read the parenting books. you've said that more than once and i love it It is so it is so true it is what i have certainly found in my own life where it was like but that was supposed to work and all the examples it did (laughs) (laughs) and in mine anyway so i i think it's a gem and if we had merch we could sell sell. a t-shirt
0: a a cross-stitch sampler a mug that says my kid didn't read your parenting book (laughs) It's true. They are their own little people. And that's that's advice you can take from this podcast as well that, uh, you know, your kid may not react in the way that other people say your kid will react. And that's not that your kid is broken. It's just your kid is different. And or your even kid the didn't way read their your kid didn't read their parenting books.
1: So even the way your first kid reacted or your second kid reacted. Totally so. different. Yes.
0: Well, so we're going to take a quick ad break, but um, after that, you know, after this little bit of retrospective, we we'll to be talking a little bit more about lists of 100 dreams. So we'll be back in just a minute. Well, we are back with our 300th episode of Best of Both Worlds. We're talking a little bit about how we do this podcast, certain episodes that listeners tell us have been impactful. If you have fond memories of a particular episode, or hey, if there's a particular episode you just hated, feel free to let us know. You can reach me, Laura, at lauravandercam.com. You know, what is it? You could say yours.
1: <laughs> oh, well, any of them, but you can use Sarah with an H dot heart, H-A-R-T dot Unger at gmail.com or leave a blog comment or use the Cell phone on my best laid plans.
0: You <laughs> can reach me any way you want.
1: It's a Google voice, so
0: don't it's worry. It's Google. I was telling people, you're I'm not like, calling you're her texting in the middle of the night. It's fine. Yeah, so we'd love to hear about it. So, pivoting a little bit to the list of a 100 dreams, I mean, normally we do this kind of looking forward. But it turns out that we have both made list of 100 dreams in the past. Sarah, you made one in 2013, correct?
1: Yes, and I think that might be the last one I made. Although we did an episode talking about this in like 2018, and I'm sure I did like a revised version, but I couldn't find any evidence of that, which <laughs> is a caveat about planning on paper. It is hard to search for a document if it was just in some random notebook somewhere. But yeah.
0: <laughs> so, so what was on your 2013 list that you've done? Like, just give us a handful.
1: A lot of things I had done. I mean, I had written things like, pass my boards. And guess what, guys? I passed my boards. And I don't really (laughs) like think about that, but I guess that was a good thing to do. I wanted to join or make a book club, which I totally did. I joined one in Miami Beach and then made my own up here. We're meeting next week. I wanted to redesign the blog, which did happen. I hired a WordPress person a couple years ago. I wanted to meditate. I do meditate pretty regularly. The jury is out on whether I have cultivated a cute wardrobe. But maybe <laughs> pretty cute, I think. <laughs> yeah. So I don't know. I I didn't I definitely didn't like do everything on the list, but I actually did more than I might have thought. So I'm happy about that. That's cool.
0: Yeah, I've made a couple. I made one in 2010. I made one in 2015. I think I made one in 2018. I think the 2015 one is most sort of relevant because it's like I was I was kind of in Pennsylvania like had my life here had the four kids um so you know it was sort of in that mindset so I was thinking of things that I pull off off that one I took a fall trip to Yellowstone I had been to Yellowstone at that point and loved it but wanted to see it in the fall I don't know if I'd read Celine at that point or something <laughs> I wanted to get the. The changing season. So I a couple of years ago, I took the three big kids to Yellowstone in the fall, and that was really cool. It was actually, well, it was during COVID and everyone had canceled their reservations. So we got to stay in um, Old Faithful Lodge, looking right out over Old Faithful. So that's pretty cool. Wake up and see it going off. Um, that was definitely a, a bucket list type thing. I had said that I wanted to have a better garden. And in the course of time since 2015, we bought and renovated a historic house that in fact has a real garden. It has a stone wall around it in the way that Pennsylvania sometimes does. Uh, it's a little tiny courtyard garden. It's, it's really cool. So that's something that we've we've done. You know, I wanted to do more cool speaking engagements and in the course of that 2015 forward, I got to do a, a TED talk, which was pretty fun and and good for my career, having that video out there. So yeah couple things that happened from that which is always good to go back and look at those lists because sometimes we don't give ourselves credit for things we've done like passing the boards that's actually a pretty large thing
1: yeah no you're right and it's funny I was I was looking at my list and I'm like why does it keep mentioning Annabelle and none of the other kids and I'm like oh because she was the only one who was there (laughs) she's the only one alive but I had some (laughs) parenting aspirations on there too that ended up working out like having my kid choose their destination for a trip like now we're living that reality. So. Yeah, yeah. I think these lists are super useful. I, in my whole nested goals method that I teach in Best Laid Plans and Best Laid Plans Academy, et cetera, I'm really big on not forgetting your big lists, like your yearly list in particular to revisit that every season. But I've never thought about like having people do a much, much longer range, like 10-year list. And I almost feel like, I'm having this idea like as we're recording this, but like that needs to be a higher rung that you look at at least every year as you're doing your annual list. So, yeah, I do think it might have been nicer to look at that 2013 list more often than I actually did.
0: (laughs) I was thinking I need to re-listen to our goals episode for this year so that when we record our mid-year goal thing, I'm going to make sure that if there was any random stuff on there that I forgot I could make happen. I don't know. Go see more music outdoors. I think I always say something like that, but we'll find out. All <laughs> right. So, Sarah, we, you know, we've kind of been revisiting our lists, like updating them. The next six years, over the next 300 episodes of Best of Both Worlds, what will be on your list that you think you'll do in the next six years?
1: Yeah, I think it's going to be a really good six years. Like, I'm super into the stage of life I'm in, the career track I'm in, my kids' ages, etc. so I'm very much looking forward to this phase. The things I came up with, I think you said to come up with 6 to 10, so I I I, <laughs> I I did aim for that number. Qualify for Boston Marathon. I mean that's that is more of an outcome type of goal than a process goal, but I'm hoping it can happen especially as I get older and the standards get a little softer. Experience the Big Sur Marathon. So, I don't have any time goals at that race, but I want to go and experience the views and just like see it. I want to take a family vacation to another continent. I don't want to say out of the country because we've been to Canada a few times, but I want to get to another continent. I want to write a book. Best laid plans coming your way. Just kidding. I don't have any concrete plans, but hopefully someday. Grow my business so it's reliably producing half my income and leading to fun opportunities. Take one-on-one trips with each kid. See Taylor Swift.
0: <laughs> Is it gonna happen? Is it gonna happen?
1: <laughs> I don't know. I'm trying to make it it could happen. Like, if I like really wanted to make it a priority now, like there are different avenues in which it could happen, but it might not. We'll see. It might just have to wait till the next tour. The next if tour. someone could tell me this was her last tour ever, I would absolutely go. And I mean, part of me feels like, well. I might not live after this year. So if that's my attitude, I should just go. But like, I don't know. I'm struggling with that one. But I want to do it at least in the next 10 years,
0: 60 years. You know, it's funny. There's a um a Brad Paisley song called Last Time for Everything.
1: Oh, yeah. That's a good song. It I is know a good song.
0: song. And, you know, you don't necessarily know when you are doing something that it is the last time you'll ever do it. But stuff happens. And then, you know. It, a, I find I mean, that song very
1: poignant. I, I like that song. You can't live your
0: entire life thinking that way this could be the last time i load the dishwasher could
1: be could that i wouldn't be that sad about but (laughs) i'm gonna throw some parties so this is airing after our parties episode so i'm inspired by my own podcast episode i guess i want to spend an entire day at a spa this was on my 2013 list it has not yet happened i feel like it can happen and then why why hasn't it happened (laughs) I don't know. It's very to? Do you, expensive want to, and do you really want to spend all day at a spa? That's, I guess that's the question. I mean, kind of. Kind I want to get at least, like, I've gotten two treatments. This is terrible. I feel terrible. Like, this is so indulgent. I've gotten, like, a facial and a massage at the same mm-hmm. time, like, on my birthday before. I think if I could add in one other thing.
0: What else would you even do? <laughs>
1: <What> <laughs> get is... my nails done, maybe? Okay, I don't
0: know. Right. So I, I'm trying to think is it even possible to spend, like, I mean, you have to eat. So you have to go, like,
1: or get order in i guess maybe fancy spa packages will feed you we'll i mean i've you. never done this i've only read about it but it is but a i think like all
0: day at a spa would mean like nine to three like I, this is not like right. all day yeah. like no, six not in seven the morning to, to midnight <laughs> no so we're just talking we're you kind of then have done much of it right like you've been there for like three
1: hours you've gotten yeah. much of that maybe i could check it off I have done massage and facial on a couple occasions on my birthday, That's, but it it wasn't all day. Okay. Okay. So to get to all
0: day, you just need like that extra hour or two and eat lunch there.
1: Yeah. That sounds nice. Okay. All right. I want to see fall foliage at peak somewhere amazing. I mean, I've done that in my life. Certainly. I went to college and like saw it every single day (laughs) for like months, but I want to see it again in my adult life. And then I want to... This is from 2013. I just want to quote myself and I wrote, maintain an organized home without excess stuff, which I think is funny because I think I meant attain because I don't think I would. It said. wasn't then. <laughs> but um, no, maybe I did. Maybe I condoed it up and felt good. But um, yeah, that's still on my list.
0: It's still on the list. How's how's the process going? Is it it's a- actually
1: good. I did okay. a major declutter of two kids rooms last weekend and it like I feel like it helped me with my momentum. So. Okay. Well, I'm excited.
0: glad to hear it. It's a work in process for us as work in progress for us as well. Um,
1: I'm excited to hear yours. Yours are juicy. Yours are super juicy. All
0: right. Well, I have a couple. I want to listen to all the works of Bach, and long time listeners know that I tend to have a yearly project this year. I'm reading through all the works of Jane Austen, year before I read through all the works of Shakespeare. So I'm thinking that 2024 might be the year that I listen to all the works of Bach. I'm still sorting out exactly how that would work. I understand that there are about 175 hours of music recorded, that there are recordings of, like there are performances of, so work that survived. He wrote more, but it, you know, it got lost to time. But there's about 175 hours worth, which actually works out really well because that's like three hours a week. So it would be 30 minutes a day. That's probably doable. It's a little bit more than the reading is, is but I think it could, you know, I can't read while driving my car and I can listen to music. So that should, that should do it. There are some even like packages, like CDs, like 200 CDs to get all the works of Bach. The problem then is you have whatever recordings they chose to go with. And that is going to tick me off if it's a really bad recording of like the Brandenburg concertos or if it's a, you know, the Bach B minor mass or whatever. Like I'm going to be upset if, if that's what I'm listening to. So I have to go in and do this a little bit more manually, but it should be doable. So, and, and hopefully there's some like Bach expert out there who's already like curated a list like this. So if anyone has that of what somebody who knows Bach has argued are the best recordings of, his works. Let me know. <laughs> I already gave my email once. <laughs> I can give it again. Laura at lauravanderkam.com. Let me know. Anyway, I, you know, I, I want to sing in the B minor mass. I hope to do it in the next six years. This is a lot harder to pull off on your own because you can buy yourself a plane ticket somewhere. It is a lot harder to generate an orchestra and a choir and a performance venue and all that. So, I hope to find or have my choir do it or have a choir around here. Or somebody's looking for ringers to help them sing. Maybe a college needs more singers and I can find that. And they're performing it. Again, people can let me know if something in, you know, within an hour of Philly is doing it and they need singers, let me know and I'll come sing it. Cuz I keep trying to sing it and I keep missing out.
1: I don't think you should limit yourself to within an hour of Philly. You will okay, fly. well,
0: I mean, but I'd have to go to rehearsals, right? That's the thing. So, it'd have to be like You know, people were, the problem is you really have to rehearse it. It's not an easy one to sing off the cuff with a group. Okay. Um, Yeah. Not like a uh, Messiah sing-along type thing.
1: But anyway.
0: All right. (laughs) I want to go to New Zealand, and that may happen in the next six years. I'm putting it out there. Hey, maybe someone's got a conference requiring a keynote speaker on time management. That's like hosted in Auckland, in which case I can fly from JFK to Auckland direct now I looked it's a long flight it's like 17 hours but that's on the list I've never been I would like to go I want to take a trip to Utah's national parks so I think there are 5 national parks in Utah they are cool looking they are you know well known parks and and them being that many in one location, it's possible to do more than one. Obviously, you need to kind of have a longer period of time to do that. So maybe that's more like two trips, but that is, um, you know, a domestic trip that I think would be fun to take some summer or spring. I'm going to take a writing retreat. I will do this this summer for a couple of days, but I actually found a, somebody heard me talking about this elsewhere, or writing about this and wrote me that there is, Something called the Highlights Foundation. If people know about the Highlights magazine for children, there's a Highlights Foundation. And they have a writing retreat center in the Poconos that people go and the cabins are all set up for that and they feed you meals. And uh, so maybe I'll do that sometime. The dates I wanted for the summer are booked. Oh, well, but <laughs> some other time. And I want to create some miniature scenes. So I have a little living room on the shelf next to my computer. I've recently found that Etsy has a lot of dollhouse furniture, so I might be able to start going through there. I was really hoping to find like a dollhouse store around here so I could just go buy in person. Um, I haven't really found anything yet, so I'm still on the look lookout for that. But yeah, that's on there. And then maybe go to a 76ers game. That should be easy. That should be relatively like, easy. Check. Check. Not anymore right now as the playoffs, but uh, next year, next season.
1: We go to Heat Games. They're pretty fun. Yeah. They're pretty... I, I,
0: well, that's why I want to go. <laughs> I agree.
1: <laughs> I agree. So,
0: okay, Sarah, some stuff that, you know, wild card, not in the next six years. Um, not looking for it in the next six years. What are you going to do?
1: Yes. So my wild card, this one, I'm, I'm like really dedicated to doing it in my lifetime. I just wasn't sure if it'll be next six years, would be go stationary shopping in Japan. Hmm. preferably around hobonichi release time because i think it'd be Ooh. so fun to go to the stores where they actually sell it in person there's a lot of hype there's a lot of build up and like actually put my hands on all the different covers and stuff actually I had a recent like blog reader send me pictures of like stationary shopping in japan i'm like i must make this happen
0: You should. Well, I looked into the the Newark Tokyo flight, by the way, is about 13 and a half hours. So nothing. (laughs) Nothing. It's like four hours less than Auckland.
1: The hardest part about Japan is the time difference is like almost exactly 12 hours. Like it it couldn't be any worse, which I know because my roommate was from there and she'd go back and forth and like be completely backwards. Like it's hard, but I'm gonna make it happen. I wanna take Josh and I would like when we're old to take a European river cruise. Like we're into this for ourselves. And then I want to run an ultra, like Mm. up a mountain or something. So that would be longer than a marathon, probably like a 50K. Like I won't go Mm. crazy and do like a 50 miler or something. But I don't know. I kind of feel like after I like get the marathony stuff out of my system, that would be fun. And for anybody that doesn't know like an ultra, the difference, well, yes, it's longer, but it tends to be run more in like natural settings. And the emphasis is not so much on pace. So you're not like killing yourselves for 30 miles because then you probably wouldn't finish. Tends to be more like meandering and breaks and like just kind of like experiencing it in a way rather than running for a specific time or qualification. So I could see that being like a future running life of mine, perhaps maybe when the kids are like old.
0: Yeah, I think my uh, I'm I'm taking marathons and anything like that off any future lists of 100 James. I think I'm I'm done with that idea. I, I still run. I just um, the distance, the long distance thing. Not so appealing. Well, so maybe not in the next six years, but at some point I want to commission a a cappella work, you know, for choir or for choir and a single instrument. Because there's actually quite a gap in sort of the choral literature for like a performance-length piece that a choir could do that they don't have a huge budget for like an orchestra. And so there's a couple but there's not that many. So I think it would be cool to have more of these out in the world. So that it would be for it would be a cappella or a single instrument, so it would be an affordable work that choirs could do as pretty much a single performance. I want to write a really big book. <laughs> like an epic. And there's a quote. I've had a great quote from Annie Dillard that was rereading The Writing Life the other day. And you know, everyone knows the the line about how we how we spend our hours is how we spend our lives or whatever, which has a lot of ramifications for, for time management. But she has another quote in there there. She says, Writing sentences is difficult, whatever their subject. It is no less difficult to write sentences in a recipe than sentences in Moby Dick. So you might as well write Moby Dick. So there you go.
1: <laughs> is this an epic Nonfiction work or an epic? I, I would assume novel. it'd be fiction.
0: I think it'd okay. be fiction because I don't know that anyone would. I could create an epic nonfiction right now. I could just like publish all my before breakfast episode scripts and then I'd have, you know, there's a thousand of them. They are 500, 600 words a piece. So there you go. That's the length of War and Peace.
1: <laughs> that reminds me of when my husband suggested printing out my blog and I'm like, I don't think we have room for that. <laughs> <laughs>
0: Yes. And our our minimalist goal, right? Attain and maintain an orderly home. And we have this 10 foot tall stack of paper. Awesome. Ah. And then maybe I'll reread all the works of Shakespeare, but that's going to be a few years down the line in terms of a project because I just did that last year. So when I do it again, I want to have a little space between it. All right, so let's move to our questions section. I can, I can read this, Sarah. You want to answer it first? Sure, um, go for okay. it. So this listener writes that I have a four-year-old and a 10-month-old, and I am starting to think of how to encourage autonomy as they grow up without giving them too much responsibility at too young of an age. I'm sorry, this is sort of a funny thought with a 10-month-old, but okay. <laughs> I know Laura has a rule in her house that once you are eight, you start packing your own lunches. Sorry, eight-year-olds. What are your approaches to the appropriate time to introduce new responsibilities? For instance, when should kids be responsible for setting their own alarm, doing laundry, making breakfast, packing for school, homework? I want to support my children without doing too much for them. So, Sarah, how do you sort of think about this? And, you know, when are your kids going to be doing laundry?
1: I think about this very holistically. I don't actually as much, I don't really have as many kind of like deadlines and rules. It tends to be When it like starts to make sense that someone's grating against having something done for them, that they become more into it. Like, I don't know. Like, for example, bedtime, that is when I kind of had to be like, okay, no one's lying next to you anymore. Like learn to fall asleep, like deal with it. But it was at a point when I was just like, this just doesn't feel right anymore. I don't feel like doing it. And that's generally how it's been for most things. In fact, like right now we only have one kid that sets an alarm in the morning because they like just prefer it that way and it like works and then the others like we don't need it but if we got to a point where it became very frustrating to wake them up or it just didn't like feel right that's probably when I would introduce it so I also feel like my children are so different and actually in like kind of unexpected ways like certain kids are more independent than you might think in some I don't know that I tend to be more individual about it so i guess i would also just encourage you and as you were kind of laughing and we're not laughing at you like this is a very legitimate question and concern and like especially going to the future but at the same time like you may find that it's just sort of like unfolds more obviously than you think at this juncture because the truth is at this juncture your kids probably are not going to be doing that much that's independent but certain things will hit you like a four-year-old for example let's say you notice them leaving their shoes all over the place. And that just doesn't sit well with you because you realize, you know what? They can move their shoes to like the side where we keep them. I'm just giving that as like a random thing. It's going to just occur to you. And then when it does, you can try it. And usually kids will actually enjoy doing something that's manageable and small and do it for themselves and like not get nagged about it. So I guess I would say like, it's great to think about it, but I wouldn't necessarily stress about it. Just like look for those little opportunities when things come up and listen to yourself when it starts to just great on you that you're doing something for a kid that like just doesn't quite feel right. That's usually my instinct to be like, time for some independence.
0: <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I think a lot of this does unfold naturally. And it's also going to be different with your different kids. And especially as you have more of them and you see these personality differences that some kids want Crave independence from early on, and they may be willing to take various responsibilities in order to have that. I mean, one of my children wanted to go to something and, and had not discussed it ahead of time, I guess, to get it on the calendar. I don't know if he didn't know it was happening, but um, he had then sort of came to me and was like, Well, I've arranged a ride and I have money for it. And I'm like, Okay, <laughs> I guess you're going. <laughs> so some kids are going to be like that. Others need a little bit more hand-holding in all sorts of areas. And then sometimes the sibling dynamic will kick in. I mean, I remember years ago when one child taught himself how to ride a bike before an older child had necessarily figured that out. But as soon as said older child saw this, said older child was like, oh, no way. (laughs) And the bike was learned in 30 seconds. I mean, it was amazing but when the incentive is there, the motivation can kick in. I also, you know, there's just a certain thing when you're in your parents' house, you often wind up doing things for them. And so sometimes it's good to have the kids be out of the house on their own in various ways. Um, One of the great upsides of summer camp is they're going to have to learn how to do certain things. And, And yes, they may not brush their teeth as often as you would like them to if they're off on summer camp, but probably they'll figure out. They're like, oh, wait, somebody just told me my breath smell, and I probably should do it more often or whatever. You know, they'll learn to set an alarm if they're at, say, a summer camp that's a class because they have to get to class. They'll learn to do laundry if it's more than one week because they'll run out of clothes. And hopefully, you know, if you sent them with laundry pods, they they figure it out doing that. And you might need to FaceTime them to teach them how to do laundry, but probably they'll they'll learn at that I'm actually, you know, we had um somebody mentioned the idea of the upside of being in like a walkable neighborhood is you can actually give kids more independence when they are younger in a way that you can't if your neighborhood is more car based. And unfortunately, we are in a bit more place where you kind of have to have a car to go elsewhere. You can walk around on our street and our kids will do that. But I'm actually looking forward to going to the place where we go to the beach this summer for two weeks. Because it's a walkable town. And so I think the older children will be able to have a lot more freedom, like, you know, take your phone with you and stay within the boundaries of the town. But within that, you can kind of manage yourself. So um, I think that's good, especially for kids in the teenage years to start having more opportunities for that.
1: You just gave me like very powerful flashback memories of going to the Jersey Shore with my like 11 year old BFF and us going out to dinner by ourselves. Ooh. Yeah, we had a lot of independence and we didn't even have cell phones and somehow we made it through.
0: Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, you know, it's good. And, and you know, you might try having them help you with chores. And if they seem to like do a reasonable job with it, you can start transferring more and more of the responsibility for that to them. You know, certainly basic cooking, if, if all you have to do is like turn on the stove to b- boil water or turn on the oven, I, the kids can do that for pretty, certainly 10, they could be, start doing stuff like that. So they might be able to help with cooking. Emptying the dishwasher is a very easy thing. And if the cat, kid is still short, you know, they can do the stuff that you keep down low and another child can do the stuff that you keep up high. So yeah, just sort of always looking for what are ways they could be doing a little more is good. Well, this has been best of both worlds. This has been our 300th episode. We talked about how we have been organizing this podcast. You know, some of people's favorite episodes. Please send us your favorite episodes or one that made an impact on you. Talked about what we've done in the last six years on our bucket lists, our list of 100 dreams, what we want to do in the next six years. Hopefully keep this podcast going for a while, right? Sarah, what's our, what, your love of the week? <laughs>
1: Our love of the week is the podcast and you guys and just the fact that we've been able to keep at this for 300. It's, it's awesome. And honestly, it probably wouldn't have happened if no one was listening to it. So thank you for, <laughs> yes. for tuning in and being a part of our journey. Yeah.
0: Thank you so much for listening. And if you're thinking, how could I celebrate the 300th episode? There's a couple of things you can do. You could very quickly go to, if you're listening on Apple Podcasts, Go to the page for our show on Apple Podcasts and quick leave us a rating. If you hit that five stars, the five stars to give it five, it records that you gave us a five-star rating, and that helps to show that there are lots of ratings for these shows. If you have a couple more minutes, you could quick type us a review. Um, Anything that would help a prospective listener think that this would be a good show for them. So if you found something helpful, you might mention that. Um, That would be a very great review, and we'd really appreciate that. Or you're welcome to please come join our Patreon community. We have so much fun. Our discussion boards, you know, we get 30 to 40 comments on any given post, people sharing their experiences. Because it is a closed and private group. I mean, for anyone who wants to to join, but who's listening to this, you know, it's it's I think it's a lot more positive than a lot of sort of comment threads on on social media, wouldn't you say Sarah? To me, yeah I
1: mean, it feels like a great social media alternative in a way, because there is that connection, but it's it's like limited enough. Like there's no endless scroll, first of all, and it's a safe space. And we do periodic like meetups on Zoom. So we actually do feel like there's like a like a real community aspect to it. So even though I eschew social media in general, I love doing our Patreon and I'm, I'm a member of a couple of other Patreons and I found it like a really fun way to connect without the pressures that come with with some of the other platforms.
0: Yeah, absolutely. So come join us there. In the meantime, we'll be back next week with our 301st episode. <laughs> this has been uh, Best of Both Worlds. We'll be back next week with more on making work and life fit together.
1: Thanks for listening. You can find me, Sarah, at theshoebox.com or at the underscore shoebox on Instagram.
0: And you can find me, Laura, at lauravanderkam.com. This has been the Best of Both Worlds podcast. Please join us next time for more on making work and life work together. Infinity Presents, a new chapter in luxury. The premiere of the all-new 2025 Infinity QX80. Live March 20th from The Edge at Hudson Yards in New York City.